I call it luck. In my experience, there's no such thing as luck. Dispatch. Today, I'm Brittany, and joining me today, as always, is my friend, Emily Lynn. Hi, Emily. Hello. How are you? I'm okay. I have a bad cough, but other than that, I'm alive. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm alive. Just a lot of technical difficulties today, which I'm not used to, and I don't like, because usually... I'm on top of the technical game, but I failed today. How was your Thanksgiving? It was good. Uh, just had family over. There was like l- 10 of us. So it was nice and small and intimate, which is how I prefer my holidays. I, I like small gatherings more than like giant crazy gatherings uh how was your thanksgiving i mean i didn't do anything i slept all day pretty much that's good you needed rest have you seen knives out yet no i'm supposed to go next weekend we were gonna go this weekend but then it was sold out like the one performance i could go to so wow that's a big deal but hopefully next Saturday hmm. that's good uh, did you eat anything on Thanksgiving or Thanksgiving week or did you treat yourself a little bit no I had like some frozen stuff from like Thanksgiving side stuff from Trader Joe's that was decent but I'm definitely just I mean nothing is particularly tasty when you're all sick so are you gonna treat yourself to something good when you feel better to like reward yourself for like two weeks but i think you should reward yourself when you get better for like surviving the sickness and like either like go out and eat a feast or like make yourself like a nice fun festive feast I mean, quite honestly, as long as I get colds, I could be sick until, like, Christmas, so we'll see. Oh, my God. How do I fix you? Um, I don't think you can give me a new immune system, so. 
I can work on it. With all all of your science? Mm-hmm. You think okay. I can do it? All right. We'll see what happens there. All I need is some faith and some trust and some pixie dust. Okay. Well, yes. Um, <coughs> so what else have you done? Just hang out? I mean, you're sick, so just rest. I've been taking a lot of naps. And I've been reading and I've been watching a lot of not particularly good TV. What defines not particularly good TV? Just like baking shows. That's good TV. What are you talking no, about? No, not like good baking shows because I've watched all of like the Great British Bake Off and all of those. So I'm on like the third tier baking shows. Oh. That's unfortunate. Well, I'm excited that you're going to see Knives Out soon. Um, my dad and my brother and my sister saw it. And two of them really liked it. And one of them really hated it. So it is definitely a Ryan Johnson film. It's getting great reviews. I'm very excited for it. I know. I might want to see it because I've been hearing such great reviews. Rusty said he liked it more than he liked the... Like, he loved The Last Jedi, but he said he liked it more than The Last Jedi. So I'm excited. If I see it. So. Have you seen a lot of the new. Uh, Rise of Skywalker trailers. That have been um, on YouTube. Or TV. Or Twitter. Well I'll tell you what. I had been avoiding. Everything. I muted Rise of Skywalker. On Twitter the other day. And then I was recording a podcast with our dear, dear friend, Steel Saunders, and he casually dropped something that I did not know. And yeah, uh, like I felt my heart stop for a second and... In Steele's defense, you know, it is something that's out on the, on the Star Wars YouTube. But it was also something I had not seen, not even, like, going around on Twitter, which it apparently is, because it's something that our buddy Fresh got spoiled for on uh, one of the Facebook groups, because somebody just put up a, a screen cap of it. But, uh, yeah, I was, I was d displeased. Oh, no. Because it's something that... I mean, the movie's only a couple weeks away now. And it would have been really, really, really cool if I didn't know it was coming. And it's something I'm still excited for, but it would have been a really nice surprise. And Steel Saunders ruined it. And then, then, so he, like, he, he felt really bad and he called me afterwards and he apologized <laughs> and he's like, he 
swore that he was finally going to send the fuck Mary Kill. Partially because he's been promising it for like three months now, and partially to make up for him spoiling something really cool in Star Wars that I was really, really would have liked to have been a surprise that he ruined. And then, you know what he did do? He didn't fucking send it to us. Like, I was on the phone, so he was like, I'm going to hang up, and then I'm going to record it, and I'm going to send it to you. So he is a ruiner and a liar. I don't know what's worse, like ruining something or being a liar. Because you can redeem yourself from, from you know, doing something bad, but a liar. Well, can... don't, don't say you're going to do something to redeem yourself of the thing that you spoiled and then not do the thing. I'm just sitting here refreshing my inbox, just hoping for redemption. Boo, Steel Saunders. Boo on you. Steel Saunders, what are you doing? Uh, well, I'm sorry about that. I'm, I'm sorry about our, our friend Steele and his decisions. I don't know if he left it in the podcast or not. If he left it in, you could see on YouTube me hearing this news and then Steele realizing that he just spilled it for me, which like almost makes up for it because it was hilarious. And now I get to be mad about this forever. Dang, Emily never wins. Like, first I accidentally spoiled her about Spider-Man, and then now this. Like, Emily. We're so it's sorry. It's a hard life. It is. Yeah, well, speaking of hard, um, any Geek Dudes updates? Like, were you mentioned at all, or is... Is there the competition still going on and who's the dirtier podcast? I mean, Jonesy called us pervs. What? He jacks yeah. off to horses. <laughs> that, that, that might be slightly defamatory. Um, <laughs> no, it was like, it wasn't, he qualified it as that's not a bad thing. But it was a, it was a, hey, look, women are also disgusting. It's not just men. There was, I don't know, they opened, like, they talk about how our podcast is so dirty. And then their podcast opened with literally 20 minutes of talks about dick pics. Have you ever received a dick pic? No. Me neither. Were they talking about like have? I mean, obviously, all of them have sent dick pics, right? Well, they were talking because Mitch and and Chris were talking about the fact that they've sort of missed the boat on dick pics. Mm. In terms of, I've already, you know, we're in long term relationships before that became like an easy thing. 
It's never too late. I mean, do you want them to send dick pics to you? Is that what this is? Because, I mean, you can't. No, not to me. Dick pics should be solicited. So if their partners are not asking for them, then you can't be like, hey, send your wives dick pics. Oh, definitely. Like, maybe they want them. Like, maybe this is a conversation that they need to have together. You know, communication is so important, especially about dick pics. I don't, I don't, I mean, personally, I mean, why would you ever want one? I don't know. Like, some people like them, I guess. I mean, it's an interesting way to start off a podcast is talking about dick pics. I mean, now we're doing it too, but like, I, like, I understand like nudes, like sure. And like, obviously, if you are the dick having persuasion that's going to be part of your picture but just the like just the picture of the dick is not particularly attractive yeah yeah i guess but i i definitely think is what jonesy said that women can be perverts too yeah and used us as an example how okay so what was the example he used for us being perverts no like it wasn't it was like literally it was there was something about you know women requesting nudes so it wasn't you know him sending them unsolicited and then it was mm. listen to canto bite women can be pervs too Ooh, spicy okay and then there was something later on about my breasts and a geek dude's t-shirt that he sort of avoided doing but by saying he was avoiding doing it was in fact not avoiding doing it wow it was it was chris saying oh i would say something about this but i'm petrified of emily So that's our that is our <laughs> now weekly recap of the Geek Dudes podcast. <laughs> Everyone wins because it's like you can listen to this, and then you actually listen to them. Like it's like you're getting two for one. Really, you should listen to Geek Dudes. They're very very funny, and eventually they talk about geeky topics. Eventually, eventually. <laughs> Like, well, like we eventually talk about Star Wars. Yeah. We do. And maybe we should start that now with talking about uh, the Mandalorian Chapter 4 Sanctuary. Okay. What did you think of the episode as a whole? As a whole? <clears throat> I think it's probably... I still liked it. It's probably my least favorite so far in that it's the first one where I felt that the runtime was too short. I know that everybody's been talking about how short these episodes are, but I felt for the most part, they've been paced pretty well. This one felt like there was enough story that you could have stretched it out longer 
and it would have for me made a more satisfying story Hmm. how about you i thought it was a beautiful episode uh yeah i was sure but it's very rewatchable like i never go back and rewatch like episodes of like tv shows or you know like game of thrones or something like I watched this episode about three or four times already, and I still really enjoy it. You know, just the planet they're on and the events, Cara Dune, it all just flowed really well. And, you know, of course, I wish I had more and, you know, we don't know if Cara Dune's going to be the next couple episodes or not, but they're doing a really good job with this. Yeah, I liked Cara Dune a lot. Um, I thought Gina Carano did a great job. Um, hopefully, we get more of her soon rather than later. But I thought she was great. I thought their first fight scene was really cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked when they finished fighting and he asks her if she wants some soup. <laughs> Uh, but first we gotta talk about we gotta talk about baby Yoda because the start um, of this episode when baby Yoda is hitting the buttons on the ship and he keeps telling baby Yoda not to and then baby Yoda just looks him in the eye and like reaches back behind him and hits the button one more time Baby Yoda is all of us. Oh my god, I love Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda is is testing the Mandalorian. And it's probably the only being who is not afraid of the Mandalorian. And just the way the Mandalorian talks to Baby Yoda is... uh... Yeah. And okay, I will say the, the episode refers to Baby Yoda as he several times. So I th- I think we're okay doing that now. Okay. My favorite was when the Mandalorian was telling Baby Yoda to stay on the ship. And then he's getting off the ship. And then you see Baby Yoda right next to him. I mean, okay. First of all, Mandalorian, you can't, you can't <laughs> just leave him on the ship. Unsupervised. <laughs> Unsupervised. You don't even have like a crib or something to put him in. You know he likes to get into things and poke things and put things in his mouth. Like, you're not a very responsible babysitter. Like, he takes on this task of, of being the provider and parent of baby yoda and just because baby yoda is 50 years old does not mean you can leave him on the ship alone like something could happen like knowing how hard it was to obtain baby yoda and get to the point where you're at now you should know that you need to protect baby yoda at all costs 
and not leave him on the razor crest alone. Yeah. First of all, get yourself a space baby Bjorn. Or make a little sling. Your Mandalorian armor has all sorts of cool gadgets. It could have a little baby sling in it. So, Baby Yoda walked a lot of this episode. Do you think that Baby Yoda has known how to walk for a while? Yeah, probably. But, I mean, he has little Baby Yoda legs. So it makes sense when they still had the bassinet to just zoom him around. Yeah. And we saw him toddling around before when he ate the frog. Yeah, I just, he's keeping up with the Mandalorian pretty well. Like, I don't get why the Mandalorian isn't, like, holding him. Like, something could happen to Baby Yoda. Like, that Lothcat, which, uh, props to you, Dave, for getting a Lothcat in live action, almost ate Baby Yoda. Also, everybody was talking about that how that Lothcat was cute. No, no, thank you. I think the cartoon Lothcats are cute. I think that live action one was creepy as fuck. Yeah, I, it's one of those things that don't really look the best in live action, but I appreciated that it was there, and I'm happy for all the Rebels people that saw it and was really happy. Yeah, they just have a very cartoony face that I don't think translates particularly well. Yeah, I mean, they have a Lothcat at Batu at Galaxy's Edge that looks cute, but I don't know. Every cat's different, but I don't know. Like, I love all cats. Like, even those, like, hairless cats, like, I think they're cute. I wouldn't have one necessarily, but I think they're cute. But I don't know about this sloth cat. And also because it tried to eat Baby Yoda. No, thank I you. I don't like things that threaten Baby Yoda. Yeah. And, you know, when he went outside to go find Cara Dune and he gave um, the waitress extra money to watch Baby Yoda, she failed. Everyone's failing at watching Baby Yoda. I don't understand why that's so difficult. Like, watch him. Make sure that he's safe. Something could have happened to Baby Yoda when he went outside and tried to find the Mandalorian. Now, this waitress, this scene did stick out to me a little bit. It's so weird, and I I can't put my finger on what it is, but... Sometimes the humans in Star Wars are a little too human. And that performance could have been <laughs> on a net. Like, she could have been a waitress on Friends or something. It, it seemed very, like, real life to me, which I thought found interesting. But I don't think we've ever had, like, a um, restaurant interaction in Star Wars when um, the waiter or waitress has been human. Yeah, it was just weird. There was just something about a performance. It felt very, I'm on an American sitcom and not I'm in Star Wars. Especially the part where he tips her more, like asking about Cara Dune. Yeah. <laughs> but I also just love, like, him getting giving broth for Baby Yoda. And just going to yeah. sit there and watch Baby Yoda drink his broth. I wonder what Baby Yoda eats other than like frogs and bone broth. I, we don't know much about Baby Yoda's diet. 
And I hope Baby Yoda doesn't get sick from malnutrition. Hopefully not. I mean, I think bone broth would be good for him. And then she what? She said she was going to slip something else into it for good measure. Yeah, I wasn't entirely sure what was going on. It was space words. I love me some space words, but hopefully the stuff that she put in the bone broth like helped his little bones grow, grow bigger and stronger. I love Baby Yoda so much. Uh, I just love that that picture of him like sipping the soup, like watching them fight. Like, oh man, uh, Baby Yoda just watching them fight was hilarious. <laughs> And they both just look at him, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's a little baby. I'm surprised that more people aren't asking about the species. Like, I I guess people just, like, aren't aware and don't care. Like, it's interesting that, you know, no questions were asked about, you know, Baby Yoda or, like, why this Mandalorian has this baby with him. Well, that seemed to be a pretty, like, don't ask questions kind of place. And it's a very big galaxy. You'd be seeing you'd be seeing aliens you hadn't seen before a lot, I would think. Yeah. But there's a lot of species out there. If you, you can't get caught up every time you see, like, a, a baby Yoda or a werewolf guy or a guy who's literally just the devil. I don't know. I, I feel like I would be pretty shocked to see a Yoda species because I feel like that's really the only species we've never seen. Well, yeah, but think, I mean, you'd be seeing species you didn't know all the time. We know it's rare because Star Wars had told us that it's rare. But if you're living in Star Wars, it's just like, oh, that's just another species probably from some planet you've never heard of before. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, it'd be like me seeing a species of beetle I've never seen before. There's a billion species of beetles that I have never seen. So I would just assume, oh, it's another kind of beetle. I wouldn't see it and go, oh, that's a super rare beetle because I've never seen it before. Yeah, but is it a super cute beetle? I don't think so. But it's just a little space baby. I don't know. It's a pretty popular space baby. Everyone loves Baby Yoda. Like Baby Yoda got to that, that little little town, and they all loved Baby Yoda. Baby Yoda was the star of the show. Yeah, but kids like cute kids. <sighs> God of God of little kids love babies. So anyway, yeah. yeah. So what's the what's the villager woman's name? I don't think it was said. It I was. think that only her daughter went to. Oh. It's at least, it's like, she's at least credited. Julia Jones, Mandalorian. Do, do, do. Oh, Mira. Mira. Oh, Mira. O-M-E-R-A. Omira. Yeah, I wasn't Omira. saying, oh, it's Mira. I was saying Omira. 
Oh, okay. Um, I loved her. Put yeah, your finger cool. back. I like, there was a lot of things that were fun. I like when, when she's talking to Mandalorian and she says, when did you last remove your helmet? And he just says, yesterday. <laughs> Loved it. Because that's a little, like, that's a little wink to knowing your audience is wondering about all that shit. And obviously, we know that they they don't take them off in, in public. And then we got something really interesting. Which is like she asks, you know, when's you last time you took it off in front of somebody else? And he said and he's he's points out the kids and he says I wasn't much older than they are. And and she says, Okay, so you haven't shown your face to anybody since you were a kid and he answers No. I was happy that they took me in. My parents were killed and the Mandalorians took care of me. So he's an adopted Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Now, I sort of wondered before when we had seen those flashbacks why nobody in those scenes had the Mandalorian helmets or anything. But then this goes to like Star Wars has been sort of cagey on the exact definition of what a Mandalorian is. Because there's the planet of Mandalore. Where Mandalore is, if not a species, at least like a race. But then with this, does that mean he's on some completely different planet and the stuff we're seeing isn't even the purge that they've been talking about? Maybe. What I'm mostly confused about, though, is, you know, the fact that he can't take off the helmet in front of every anyone. Like, sure, he can take it off, you know, while he eats or does he show his face to Baby Yoda? Like, but, you know, we would watch episodes of the Clone Wars and they would take off their helmets and everything. Like, is this just a different, you know, there of course, there's like different religions in real life and different religions in Star Wars. Like, is this just like a different... You know, there's Catholics, there's Christians. Is this like the? Well, I was about like I was uh, my. I think that the analogy I would be would be using like Hasidic Jews, as okay. opposed to like conservative or reform, where it's a more insulated and has different rules. Whereas they're like yeah. a they're like a really strict version of the Mandalorians, but that again gets into thing with with the religion versus race thing, and so I like we realize they're they're parceling this information out like very slowly, but I'm hoping by the end of the season we at least have some solid definitions of what the shit is going down. This makes me think, too, you know, back to, you know, our conversation last week about is this a cult? Because definitely, you know, the way that because after she says, oh, I'm sorry, he replies with this is the way. 
And that almost seems very like cult like, you know? Yeah. And it just it seems so insular and so extreme. I don't know. I mean, then you're getting the whole thing of like the, the, you know, like definitions of a cult versus a religion anyway. But I don't know. It's very strange because this isn't, this isn't what we've seen from the Mandalorians before. And the, and, and that whole thing of like, if he takes his helmet off, he can never put it back on again. So once you're out, you're out. Yeah, but don't you think he's going to take off his helmet? Yeah, I think he is at some point. But I think it's going to be a really huge friggin' deal. But then, like, he can't put it back on. So who is he going to be right now? Like, again, like, or like, are we just going to call him, like, Greg? Like, well, we the might see him, just sounds so much better. We might see him take it off when he's in private. But I think at some point, like, if you say that... You got to have him take it off at some point and from another person. But then I go, okay, I mean, presumably, if you're a Mandalorian and you're married to another Mandalorian, you can take your helmets off in front of each other. I don't know. Well, because I, I, I was thinking of it in terms of, of, of religions with um, with head coverings. Where that's something, I mean, you can, you can take off in front of your spouse. But that's it. Well, he's not even, I know that, you know, the undercover area where they all are, like, they can't even take off their helmets in front of each other. And but like, that's still in even... public, which is different than, than like a, a marriage. Can they even get married though? Well, I don't know. I mean, it seems like they, I mean, we don't know about any of the children except that there's foundlings. But it seems like you would want, if you're being this strict in your culture, you'd want to be reproducing to keep that culture alive. Yeah, or you go out and adopt children like the Mandalorian. Maybe? I I don't know. This whole, that one line... (laughs) added a lot more questions to this whole thing. It interests me so much. Like, does that mean those flashbacks aren't on Mandalore? Was he a non-Mandalore? Like, is his family non-Mandalorian living on Mandalore? I don't know. But see, like, I feel like if you're living on Mandalore, you're a Mandalorian. 
like even if you emigrated there, I mean, if you emigrated there, you'd still be a Mandalorian, but maybe not. Maybe. Um, I'm trying to think um, if Sab- Sabine or Sat- no, yeah, Sabine from Rebels, if she was actually born on Mandalore, because she was a Mandalorian. I don't know, but I'm really interested in this and what else we're going to find out about, you know, Mandalorians as a whole and, you know, this certain breed of Mandalorians because I know that he's probably going to take off the helmet sometime. But I mean, I almost, if he takes off his helmet, uh, like, and he's alone, like, I almost don't want to see it because I feel like we as viewers count as the you can't show your face to anyone. Yeah, I liked how they did it in this episode where it's shooting below that. Yeah. But also I'm like, hey, isn't that a window right there that you're looking out of? Like if he's watching them, presumably they could see him too. It's kind of sexy. Like, if anybody had glanced over, wouldn't they have just seen the fucking Mandalorian's face and then he's fucked? I don't know. Maybe he just knows how mesmerizing Baby Yoda is and he knew that no one would want to look up at him to make sure that he's there, you know? By the way, I love that in all of this, like, all these kids, like, especially the daughter fawning over Baby Yoda, nobody's like, hey, what's the baby's name? Which, really, it's like one of the first things you're going to ask when you see a baby is, what's the baby's name? Maybe it's just a, we don't know it, but they do. And like we're going to find out, you know, maybe the end of the season or maybe the Mandalorian's going to name Baby Yoda. But it's like, name him already. If you are at the point where you have, I mean, kind of stolen this kid. And are now on the run with him. I think we can give him a name. Emily, it takes a lot of thought and a lot of patience to name a child. Like, sometimes yeah, people go like 90 were, days. But they were on this planet for at least a couple of weeks. And nobody's like, hey, can we, can we call the kid something, please? Because they're not calling the kid Baby Yoda. I don't know what the fuck a Yoda is. I was going to say that maybe it's like, you know, when kids like find like frogs or something and they're just like, oh, look at the cute little frog. You know, they don't like they probably like make up a name for the frog or something. And maybe they did that with baby Yoda. But it's weird to not ask his dad, the Mandalorian, what his name is. He's very intimidating so you know like he scared poor Winta when she appeared by the door yeah but it's baby Yoda and afterwards the Mandalorian was very nice to everybody mm-hmm they all seem to like him yeah, he's a cool dude um what did the you ATS- think of- oh yeah I was just about to ask about that yeah, so the ATST was effectively scary and used as like a monster, which I kind of liked. 
Yeah, with the red eyes and everything. I thought that a droid was um, running it. Because how was it walking? Well, I assumed there were some of those guys in it. Those guys were kind of scary, too. Like, their faces kind of looked like bulldogs. Yeah, they were. They... They were, I have to say, I don't know. It was, a, this was the episode where, in terms of some of the effects and stuff, I really felt like I was watching a TV show and not a movie. Like, yeah, sure, it's an expensive TV show, but it felt a little bit, like, only a couple steps up from something you would see on, like, Hercules or Xena. Or even like a video game because, you know, you keep going back to that. Like some points when, you know, the Mandalorian and Kara were first like fighting, like it just, it seemed too choreographed. On a, if you just look at this episode on paper, it's very much like a syndicated adventure show plot or, or a Doctor Who one-off episode. And and I granted that works with the Western tropes because there also is a lot of that in there where the you know the lone gunman comes to town and there's the bad guys who are attacking the village and he te- teaches the village to um, stand up for itself. But I was definitely I was definitely feeling those cliches more than I have in the past. And it's a shame because I really, I liked all the acting. I like the characters here. I just, I wish it could have been a little, and, and maybe that's where I want it to be a little longer to maybe make it a little bit different. But it felt yeah. kind of like paint by numbers in terms of the plot. I did enjoy like how they, they taught the villagers to fight and I thought it was interesting that, you know, they left out, you know, the that the ATST was there, you know, and Kara beautifully pointed that out, you know, that there's an ATST here that you guys knew about. <laughs> She's wonderful. Just everything about her is just sexy. Oh, she's so cool. God. She's just everything and you know just i want to find out so much more about her like you know how she was talking about you know how she was on endor like picking up the pieces after you know that that final fight and just oh my god give me a book about her or something or have her tell me about her story like bring her yeah. here yeah that she's like the shock trooper and and really enjoyed that role of just like going out and killing imperials and uh. once that's not her job anymore pieces out because she doesn't know like how to not be that person yeah she's great give me more of her please yeah I was disappointed that she didn't go with them in the end I feel their paths were crossed again yeah but I want her on the show like full time like, I want her in the next episode. That's true. 
I mean, we're halfway through this series now. Yeah. That makes me sad. That means there's only four more episodes of Baby Yoda. We can always go back and rewatch Baby Yoda. Yeah, but it's not the same. He's I want always new Baby Yoda. When the when the when the baby Yoda tries to swallow the frog again, and all the kids are looking at it, sort of sort of reminiscent of Chewbacca and the pork. <laughs> I love how disgusted they are that he just spits it out. <laughs> oh God. Um, I also really liked how um oh. Omira was, um, she was good at shooting. Like she, she was badass too. And, you know, in the yes. beginning scene where, you know, she saves Winta, you know, they're hiding in the water and then, you know, when they're practicing shooting and she's hitting the target beautifully, like, I love that we're seeing that from, you know, these characters. Yeah. I liked her. I wish we had gotten like maybe even just like one more scene with her in the Mandalorian before they do those scene where she asks him to stay. Because that's one of the parts where it felt like a little bit rushed to me. But I thought that was still a beautiful scene when she goes to try to take his helmet off. And there's that moment where he really wants her to, but then he stops. Yeah. I uh, and Kara pointed that out that he could easily just you know take off the helmet, marry her, live in this you know beautiful village, and he still is against it. Like I want to got responsibilities to the Mandalorians. That must be a pretty big fucking deal because. He could have had his whole life, you know, done, you know, with Baby Yoda and with Winta and Omera and like that would have been a beautiful future for for him, for all of them, you know, even for Baby Yoda, which I thought, too, was I was ready to say goodbye to Baby Yoda when he said that he was going to leave Baby Yoda there to live with uh, with the village. Oh, I immediately went, well, that's not going to happen. I was ready to say goodbye. I was like, okay, I like this. Like, I like that Baby Yoda is getting a chance to live and to be happy. We don't know nearly enough about Baby Yoda for that to happen yet. But... And that was sad when we we figured out that uh, more people are after Baby Yoda. And I swear to God, they need to do something to Baby Yoda so that these people stop finding him. Like, do you think they just implanted something inside of him and he could just get like a quick little like surgery to... It's very, very vague how those tracking things work. It is... I, I, I mean... It's sort of baffling, and they need to address it somehow. They need to say something of, oh, well, if they can track him because of blah, 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 whatever it is. They just need to say even the most basic details of how that shit works. 
Yeah, because I would love for them, you know, if they were able to perform like an easy, you know, just little surgical procedure to get that little tracking thing out of his cute little body so that... I mean, it can't be that easy then because then everybody who skips bail would just remove the little chip that they have in them and then they couldn't find all that. Then there would be no bounty hunter jobs. Or at least the bounty hunter jobs would be much more difficult. Yeah, I just... Uh, why does everyone keep trying to get him? Like, how is it possible? And they were trying to kill him, so I think that this was IG-11's little guild team. Well, I think at this point, Werner Herzog does not give a shit. He just wants the baby duo to, like, however he can get him. Probably. What do you think that the Mandalorian's going to do with Baby Yoda now? I mean, they just got to go on. I think we're going to get some on-the-run stuff. We might see him go somewhere to somebody who like, will try to figure out a way to make it so he's not trackable. But other than that, they're just going to be planet hopping around, I would think. Or to just try to figure out, hey, why does everybody want this adorable Baby Yoda? Yeah. I just feel so bad for Baby Yoda, you know? Like, Baby Yoda had the perfect opportunity to grow up happy with people that love him and that support him. And, no, he has to continue living on the run. But, you know, maybe maybe Yoda has grown to love the Mandalorian. Well, Kara has that line when he says that he's going to leave the baby. She's like, you're going to break his heart. Yeah. But, I mean, in-game, he's got to at least try to find out who Baby Yoda's people are and where he comes from and if he still has people he can go back to. Maybe, but, I mean, that's going to be dangerous for Baby Yoda and even for the Mandalorian to try to ensure that Baby Yoda grows up safe because it's becoming pretty obvious. I mean, it's dangerous for him no matter what. So he's got to figure out why it's dangerous so that he can stop it being dangerous. I just don't know how Baby Yoda is going to get out of this alive. They're not going to kill Baby Yoda. I don't know. I don't want to say they're not, but... I absolutely will say they're not going to kill Baby Yoda. I just don't know how much longer Baby Yoda can continue doing this on the run thing. You know, well, how are they going to figure out? Left. Yeah, but I mean, there's season two. I think season two is going to have a different plot. Maybe, but like, how do you get, how do you, how does your plot get better without Baby Yoda? I mean, here's the thing. There's only so much you can do with Baby Yoda. Yeah. And I love Baby Yoda, but if you have Baby Yoda, then your show is focused on Baby Yoda. And there's only so many frogs he can swallow. 
and things in the ship that he can touch. Yeah. I want Baby Yoda to be safe. But also, I want Baby Yoda to be friends with the Mandalorian forever. I want Baby Yoda to be happy and to live a happy and very long life. I hope that happens. And I hope we get merch. We're definitely going to get merch. We're going to get pops at the very least. Yeah, all the shirts suck right now because they're all the... Every now and then, like, there's some on the Disney (coughs) store online. Sometimes what they do, they just get a picture, put it on shirts, put it on mugs, put it on whatever. And it's not even that good of a picture. It was like the... It's like the concept art. Yeah, it was the John Favreau concept art. Yeah, it's a pretty poor effort. But they're doing a normal pop and a 10-inch pop. Oh, okay. And they're doing a Werner Herzog pop. Finally. I'm so excited. Oh, and hopefully next week we finally get Moff Gideon. Hopefully. I mean, it's halfway through the show. I'm starting to forget who's actually in the show. We still need him, and we still need um, Ming-Na's assassin character. We need a lot of people still. And hopefully more Cara Dune. And I would like to see see IG-11 one more time. I don't know. I think IG-11 is... uh... Is it taking a really long nap? There's, well, it's hard to pet because it's hard to see with Star Wars because there'll be lots of promo stuff that isn't in stuff, but there's unused stuff of him that we saw. So that could be stuff that was cut or it could be he's in another episode. It's Star Wars. You never know. But, but yeah, I just, I'm falling so in love with the show and I didn't think I would. Like, I've had this like weird relationship with Star Wars for the past like two years that, you know, I, The Last Jedi just like did something to me where just, you know, it ignited my love for Star Wars. And then just since then, like nothing else has really gotten to that point. But like, this is, I'm. I'm back in love. It's pretty great. Like, the flowers are blooming. The sun is shining. And I'm happy. It's definitely like the Star Wars that I've talked about the most. Yeah. And it's easy to talk about. Because I feel like sometimes it's hard to, you know, sit down and have like a long discussion about, you know, Star Wars or, you know, a movie or something. But... It's easy to go on about this because there's just so many things you can talk about, you know, like Baby Yoda or like the Mandalorians as a whole. Like, it's just it's all so interesting. Well, and because they were smart and are doing it 
on a weekly basis, it means every week you have new theories to talk about. Yeah, this was genius. As opposed to like rehashing the same goddamn arguments about what's going to happen in nine. It's like, oh, here's new stuff. But then you can continue to talk about the stuff that happened. But there's also new mysteries and things. Some things are slightly cleared up, but there's more things there certainly are not. Yeah. Hmm. I don't know. I, I'm i really happy about this. I'm really happy with, you know, a lot of the Disney Plus originals. Uh, the Imagineering story is still fantastic. High School Musical, the musical, the series. So good. Encore. Encore is okay. I feel like the first episode was really good. And it's been kind of going a little downhill ever since. And it was really fucked up. I don't know if I mentioned this last week, but... Uh, they filmed so it's like they film it's like six to seven people you know redoing you know their play that they did in high school doing it now they cut someone out of the episode like she went on twitter and said hey um i was here too i played chip and i didn't see myself at all in the show isn't that weird i mean it's weird but it's not unusual for reality tv to be edited like that but like she was edited completely out like i just didn't think that disney would do her that like i would understand for anything else but i mean disney like something that's trying to help you know people come together especially something like encores you know bringing old friends together and i i don't know i just i, I found that a little dirty uh i think you are maybe having too high an opinion of Disney there. I, I Emily, you know me. Like I, I think I'm too optimistic, <laughs> especially about Disney. But it's it's just it's in my blood. I mean just, they're making just, they're making they're making a product and for whatever reason they decided she didn't work with the story they were telling. Yeah. But to be honest, a lot of the people haven't really been, you know, like, I feel like that first episode was just, like, really good. Like, this is the dynamic of everyone. You know, you had, you know, the cop. And then you had, you know, the person who wanted to be on Broadway. Then you had, like, the ex-girlfriend of the cop. And, you know, just, it's just, it's so interesting, you know, going back to your life as a high schooler versus, like, now in, like, your 30s or your 40s. Just, it's crazy. Very crazy. But. Yeah, and then we're going to get more Disney Plus shows. We're going to get the shows about um, the service dogs and how you're chosen to be a service dog, and that's going to be a tearjerker series. Um, we're going to get the show about uh, the cast members and, you know, going around the days of the lives of them. That's probably going to be very fabricated and very exaggerated. But... Oh, my God. That's <laughs> going to be an advertisement for working for Disney. Literally, like in the Imagineering documentary, like they're so open with, yeah, Disney cuts a lot of people a year. And especially like after how successful like Epcot was, they got, they got so many people to come in and help create Epcot. Like they let them all go like around Christmas time. You know, like it's just it's so fucked up. But it's also so weird how just that energy you're just like yeah this is great you know what they're creating and everything but you know as a business they're very fucked up they're not gonna show 
They're not going to show any of the people who are living in their cars. No, they're not. That's still awful. <sighs> well, good job, Disney+. Plus. Good job, Mandalorian. Um, do you want to... We, we just got a voicemail from King Tom, and we have an email, but do you want to talk about Billy D. Williams real quick? Yeah, let's let's talk about this. Um I want to be super careful with terminology here because I don't want to put definitions on him that he didn't use, which I have seen some articles do. So, I want to pull up the actual um it was Esquire, right? Yeah. I'm pulling it up right now, too. Yeah, he was doing... He did an interview with Esquire, and it got picked up um, by Out and a lot of other um, outlets. And I want to find out what he said, because he was talking about gender. Oh, here we go. What haven't diminished at age 82 are his style, his confidence, and his effortless charm. In a simple tan button-up and his hair slicked back, Williams continues his analysis of cool. And you see, I say himself and herself because I also see myself as feminine as well as masculine. I'm a very soft person. I'm not afraid to show that side of myself. When I point out that Donald Glover talked about that type of gendered fluidity when playing a young Lando in 2018 solo, Williams lights up. Really? That kid is brilliant. Just look at those videos, he says, referencing This is America. Um, and then, like, he talked about... Uh, he talked about Brian's song and and saying that it's, you know, it's a love story between two guys without sex. He's a lot talking about inclusion. It's really interesting. Um, yeah, and so I saw, I saw some people saying this is him coming out as non-binary which i'm not i'm not going to say either way that's that's for him to choose what terms he want to use uh, i don't even know if those terms are on his radar at all it's it's not at least in this esquire article what he uses but it's 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 super fucking cool to see 82 year old billy d williams talking about this yeah i think it's beautiful Yeah, it's 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 really important. And the fact that he didn't he like he doesn't you know just talk about you know having a feminine side or anything. He says that he you know refers to like himself and herself. So I mean fucking bravo to you Billy D. Uh however however you define yourself that's great and it's it's just super cool to see the guy who is still in my head you know the epitome of coolness talking about talking about gender like that yeah i'm proud of him for that you know especially you know his age and everything and i don't know it just that's amazing 
Yeah, it's also it's also really a g- good reminder that this stuff isn't new. I mean, it's it's in our you know national dialogue more now, but people like this have always existed. Yeah, and I think sometimes sometimes it bigots try to dismiss it as you know like some new fad or something like that when it's no it's just people actually feel like they can talk about it now more than they could in the past yeah I love it so like how of articles because you said that a lot of articles are like um, misreading like what well, I don't even necessarily think misreading. I just I'm because I think I think those th- terms need to be self-defined. I don't I don't want to I don't want to jump in and say either way. Like I saw it framed as oh, he's coming out as non-binary, which I I, I just don't know if he is or not. Like I don't know if he sees him. I don't know if that's a term he would use for himself. So I don't want to. I don't want to use it. Yeah, because either way, I don't want to miss or use the wrong pronouns for Billy D. Williams. You know, because you know Billy D. Williams says um, he says himself and her herself. You know, talking about you know Billy D. So yeah, and and the article refers to him as him and he throughout. Mm-hmm. Which I'm I'm assuming, considering the the topics of this article, they 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 asked him about that, and but they're also I also know non people who consider themselves non-binary who who do use one word or the other. So so I don't know. I'd love to learn more about Billy D and you know what Billy D prefers and it, just more about this. Like I would love to know more. Yeah, I'd I'd really like to I'd like to see a, a more in depth article about that. I hope he continues to talk about it. Yeah, and and what it means to him. Yeah, me too. Oh, um, well, do you want to do some email and voicemail real quick before we go? Yeah, sure. Okay. We got an email from Kendo Bitch number one, Dom, uh, Mando episode four, mini rap. Uh, Gina Carano makes me soon. But only one episode of Cara Dune. WTF. That was some pretty poor rapping on your part, Brittany. Gina Carano makes me soon. Only one episode of Cara Dune. What the fuck? Was that better? I mean, it was certainly different. Okay. How would you have done it? I wouldn't have. And I can't believe that you did. I'd do anything for for you, Emily, and for this podcast. (laughs) 
yeah, I, I hope we get more of her. She's great. Okay. And thank you, Dom. We have a voicemail from uh, King Tom. Voicemail song. Nope, I can't. I have a cold. I'll start coughing. Voicemail. It's a voicemail song. Emily's sick. She can't sing the voicemail song. So I'm taking over right now. This is my voicemail song. Beautiful. Thank you. Let me get this to play. Hey there, Brito and Lindo. I want to apologize because I'm a week or two late with this voicemail. I want to uh, actually respond to something or just bring up something that you guys had mentioned, I think, on episode 118, maybe, where you were talking about Mandalorian episode two. When you were talking about when Baby Yoda used the force to lift up the great giant horny beast, I don't remember the name of it off the top of my head, uh, but in you guys were talking about how did Baby Yoda do it? Was it trained? And I think Emily said something along the lines of that it was operating off of instinct, not so much training. And training really doesn't matter in this case. And and I think I think you're right because a lot of Star Wars tells us that the Force is based not on knowledge or training but on feeling trust your feelings search your feelings even when yoda encounters ezra in rebels i think it's the first one you know yoda doesn't respond to to what ezra says until ezra says that it's the way that being with his found family makes him feel and I think that's what it is. I think it's the same reason that that Ray is so strong in the Force. You know, she she wasn't trained. She doesn't know not to believe. She does what she feels. And and I think that's I think Emily was right that that's what a lot of this stuff is. And that kind of makes me wonder. And I wanted to run this by you, ladies. Do you think we'll get a lot more of Baby Yoda using the Force to save the Mando's bacon? Personally, I don't think we do, and I'm not saying that, oh, if this happens again or a bunch of times, then this show is over because I can't, I can't get enough of Baby Yoda. And I don't, I don't think that's what this show is about. I think the show is more about the Mandalorian and his relationships, his search for belonging, his trying to help out his, his tribe. And maybe not so much, you know, Baby Yoda is definitely there and is a huge part of things. The Force... I don't think the show is about the force, but hey, I could be wrong, but I'm looking forward to your take. Anyway, thank you for listening. Thank you for the wonderful podcast. I will talk with you later and death watch. Death watch. Death watch. You take it easy. No, you take it easy. (laughs) (laughs) Still makes me laugh. Uh, Um, yeah, so what do you think? Are we going to see much more force in the last half of the oh, we season? have to. The Mandalorian's going to get himself into some mess and Baby Yoda's going to help him get out. You know, teamwork. What do you think? I think one more time. 
I don't I don't think we're gonna see it a lot more. I but I think I think we're due one more thing. If not least of we sort of need to poke at the Mandalorian to be like, hey, remember that crazy thing the baby can do? Maybe you should maybe you should work on figuring that shit out. Yeah. Do you think that, you know, all those tests that Baby Yoda went through with uh, the doctor and Werner Herzog, like, uh, weakened him? I mean, he seems okay. But we also haven't seen him try to use the Force at all. But he hasn't been in a situation where he needed to use the Force. Yeah. Maybe. Um, I feel like we'll see another instance. And maybe, I'm trying to think, how powerful do you think Baby Yoda is? I mean, it's so hard to quantify power in the Force. Partially because it's however powerful you need to be to do the scene that they need. Yeah. You don't know. I mean, he was able to lift the mud horn, but that that's sort of like, you know, mom lifting the car off the baby when there's an accident kind of thing, I think. So I think there's the potential for a lot of power there, but how regularly and accurately he could access that power, especially as a little baby Yoda, I would say is still in question. Maybe. Who knows? Well, thank you, King Tom, for the voicemail. Um, anything else, Emily? Yeah, I like it when people send us voicemails, Steel Saunders. And you know, Steel Saunders, like, I, I know you know that we record at 11 o'clock on Sundays, but you know, like, King Tom sent his at like, you know, 11 30 because he knows, he knows that it's never too late to send your voicemail. And you don't. I swear to God, I can't believe after you spoiled the really fucking cool thing for me, you still didn't send this fuck Mary Kill. This better be the best fuck Mary Kill of all time. This has been hyped since October for me. It is now December. I mean, fucking ridiculous, right? Semi. I feel like it would be more ridiculous. That's the thing is I don't know what to base it off of. Like, it's a lot. It shouldn't take you two months to send a voicemail. I know, and especially like right now, he's he's just tweeting about the Mandalorian. You know, 
Mr. Hollywood Steel. Steel, I did two podcasts of yours while I was sick and coughing, and you spoiled something really cool for me. And you still can't send this in to me. It makes me very sad. I feel like you don't love me, and it's heartbreaking. I thought you loved Emily Steele. I hope that Steele can redeem himself in some way. I'm holding out hope for you, for us, for Steele. I'm going to check my inbox one last time. Still nothing. Just Sephora telling me to, to shop because it's 20% off and it's almost Cyber Monday. Forget fuck you, Chris Fresh. The news segment is to fuck you, Steel Saunders. Ugh, that means I have to start coming up with like a fuck you, Steel Saunders. Like it's easy with Chris Fresh. But like, Steel, like I can't, and like God bless Chris Fresh because he's always posting like cute pictures, like with his family doing Christmas stuff, and it's like it's beautiful and adorable. But I, I don't know, like how mad I can really get at Steel Saunders, Brittany. Yes, I, I can't believe you're taking Steel's side. I'm not taking, I'm not taking any sides. Uh-huh. Well, you should be taking sides. You should be taking the sides of this podcast. I am. I just he don't know how to... denying our podcast content. I just don't know how to... I need to think of things of what Steel has done to me. The only thing I can think of is something that oh Steel has done to me... Whole... I have a whole litany of steel complaints. The only thing steel has done to me is be sad because of what he did to you. <laughs> Do we have another Star Wars shit to talk about? No. You don't. I can't, I can't believe, you know, we, we started this year with the fuck you, Chris Fresh, and we're ending this year with fuck you, Steel Saunders. We didn't start it with fuck you, Chris Fresh, did we? Probably not. Wasn't that just like two months ago? But still. It's the end of a decade, but the start of fuck you still Saunders yeah if you guys don't know who still Saunders is he does a podcast called Steel Wars check it out Emily's on it a lot and I love Emily we all love yeah, Emily yeah I just yeah yeah I just did um episodes two and three of his Mandalorian show so check that out they should be up by the time this is up 
they're a lot of fun to listen to, especially with Robbo, because when you when you think that, you know, something's perfect in Star Wars, it's not <laughs> because Robbo, but like in the nicest way possible, because just Robbo is just like a breath of fresh air, even though like <laughs> he has a lot of opinions, but like I just I love them all. Robbo's great. He is. Hi, Robbo. I don't know if you listen. But yeah. Um, Emily, where can we find you and our uh, beautiful steel-hating podcast on... Oh, that's fucked up. Never mind. Where can you find our podcast on? Oh, my God. Jesus fucking Christ. <laughs> I can't do it, Emily. I can't such a disappointment oh god uh you can you can find the podcast on twitter and instagram at cantobite pod and i am on twitter and instagram at ef lind uh you can find me on instagram as Brittany the ginger um castle toy run donate um, it's we're halfway there or we're halfway to the point where you can no longer donate. So donate. Um super fun to, you know, go on Amazon and pick out toys, pick out, you know, sticker books, like pick out clothes, like anything. Go yeah, and that. check them out on Twitter at the Castle Toy Run. Uh, we'll have a link to that and everything in our uh show bio. So look at that. I was just going to start shopping for that i get paid tomorrow so i already have a list of all the things i need to get for everyone for christmas so i'm very excited yay but yeah thank you everyone uh we will talk to you next week bye bye here we go Yo, 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 and away we go It's time to serenade my girl Lindo Sorry the ladies where I had to say no But if I'm cheating on Serena, it's on Canto No shame in the game Make even Rogue One seem tame But I blame it on Brit with a ginger main main Yeah, that's fire Love on the rocks, leaves the love on my socks Lindo fanfic leaves y'all shocked Especially when y'all truly whips out his cock Canto bite Episode 100 Hey yo, I'm back, no fulcrum this time I'm on a flight to the bay and I'm writing some rhymes My top three running through my head, you know So I had to come correct when they hit the hundo My girls E and B deserve congratulations Our adulation for the weekly creation My last celebration was all about them But this time I gotta drop lines for our friends This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches Give it up for the bitches, all the canto bitches This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches Throw your hands up, bitches all my canto bitches Start off with my Aussies Catherine's a sweet one Brought cash into lunch With canto bitch number one Josh made it a team And had bourbon and cornflakes The kind of ice cream That made him show me his old face Got to meet Turbo And throw back some brew Fish tacos and San Fran You know we approve Rebecca from Perth I haven't met you yet Last shout to Fruity Dude I didn't forget 
This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches. Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches. This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches. Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches. Rabia and Adele often email the show. I cut a track on them trolls with Johnny Grasso. Jesse McGee busted a rap for me. Met her and horse, be it scum and villainy. King Tom, Death Watch, the most regal of fathers. Got to behold the luscious locks of Strata. Shouted Rusty last time, so I shout a Rosh too. You know the list ain't complete without lesson, boo. This is for the bitches, strictly for the bitches. Give it up for the bitches, all the Canto bitches. This one's for my bitches, only for the bitches. Throw your hands up, bitches, all my Canto bitches. Now if I didn't say your name, don't feel no shame. You love the fun, the games, and refresher bangs. Hang on every word of Lindo's fanfic, where she describes every vein in Mendo's dick. Spread the word, maybe buy a t-shirt. I don't know, maybe ask the girls if Yaddle squirts. Take your CBD, send in your top three, and you'll always be a bitch like me. Get him, Eric.